Hey there, all you book-loving motherfuckers. If you've ever gone to our Patreon, you see our top tier gives you an exclusive, unedited episode. Well, for a little Christmas present to you from us, we're putting out this weekday Cliff Notes unedited episode out to the public for free. It's our way of saying thank you for an amazing year and for sticking with us for as long as you have. Thank you so much, and we hope you enjoy listening to all of our fuck-ups. And now, on with the show. Christmas, uh, do you, um, wait, just want, do you have a, ho, 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 same fucking thing every time. It's like he doesn't know how to say anything else. I don't think you're on. That's his stick. Oh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Technical difficulty. Do you uh, welcome to open a fucking book? I'm Kevin. I'm Stephanie. This is our weekday Cliff Notes episode. Um, do you have anything, any books, any news, anything, anything? Because I got the, I don't have any news. I have the four books, and it's pretty much it for the night for me. No, I, I haven't looked up any news. Um, dogs jumping on the back door. Uh huh. Um, no, just excited to see what kind of books or book memorabilia that you got me for christmas oh um i did get my wizarding loot crate today you did and that was kind of exciting because i've been waiting for it for over a month been a while they're behind because of all because of covid they're short staff fucking mail is jammed up i ordered you something on the the set, today is the 23rd. I ordered you something on the 17th, and it just got mailed out last night. So there's no way it's going to be here in time for Christmas. So you just get it after Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Light stocking stuffer. Yeah. All your stuff arrived. Yeah, and I'm waiting on one other package, too, that is was supposed to show up today. It might still. I mean, I suppose things have been getting here pretty fucking late lately again post office ups fedex amazon they're all way backed up because everybody's doing everything through the mail this year because you can't really i mean some people are going out shopping still but you really shouldn't be yeah you can help it they're delivering like 10 times as many packages all at once yeah they're it's been fucking busy we've been getting our packages and mail seven o'clock at night we've been getting our regular mail, which is usually like, what, two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon? Mm-hmm. So they're about four hours behind. I feel bad for them. But hopefully they get some type of Christmas bonus. I don't know how that works with the post office. I but, hope they do. So uh, thank your mailman if you see them. They're working extra hard right now. All right, well, if we don't have anything else, I'll just get to the four books of the week. And uh, hopefully you know people can listen to this while they're, I don't know, wrapping presents or which we will be Something. doing later this evening. Yes, we will. We have a lot of them. So our fiction book this week is The Chicken Sisters by 
KJ Delantonia. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Del Antonia. There's a hyphen. Not a hyphen. An apostrophe in the middle of the last name. It's Del apostrophe Antonia. Might be Del Antonia. Maybe, but shit like that always fucks me up. It does. You put you put one wrong or one weird piece of punctuation in a word and I curl up into a ball and cry. He didn't really take any foreign languages. Again, I did. I failed Spanish. Yeah, and... Does D a fail? Do you consider D fail? You consider D failing. I but do consider does everybody D. else consider F D failing? F is really only failing. Then D I, is failing yourself. Then I... No. Not for that, because I... You have to pay attention to past shit, and I didn't pay attention at all in there because not not that I didn't like the language, but our teacher was boring as shit. So, and a, I'm the type of person that if the teacher isn't at least somewhat exciting, might not be the re- the right word, but entertaining, interesting is interesting. If the teacher's not at least somewhat interesting, I'm not interested. Probably one of the reasons I did so bad in geometry, because our geometry teacher was our was the golf coach, and he was boring as fuck, and he couldn't teach. Our couldn't geometry teach. teacher was the basketball teach. coach. He couldn't teach. Bad. My science teachers were always great, though. Anyway, yes, the Chicken Sisters by K.J. Delantonia. Now, three generations, two chicken shacks, one recipe for disaster. In tiny Marinette, Kansas, Chicken Mimi's and Chicken Franny's have spent a century vying to serve up the best fried chicken in the state, and the legendary feud between their respective owners, the Moors and the Pogachelos, I think I'm pronouncing that one correct, I hope, has lasted just as long. No one feels the impact more than 35-year-old widow, Amanda Moore, who grew up working for her mom at Mimi's before scandalously marrying Frank Pogacello and changing sides to work at Franny's. Tired of being caught in the middle, Amanda sends an SOS to Food Wars, the reality TV restaurant competition that promises $100,000 to the winner. But in doing so, she launches both families out of the frying pan and directly into the fire. The last thing Brooklyn-based organizational guru May Moore, Amanda's sister, wants is to go home to Kansas. But when her career implodes, helping the fading Mimi's look good on Food Wars becomes May's best chance to reclaim the limelight, even if doing so pits her against Amanda and Franny's. Yet, when family secrets become public knowledge, the sisters must choose, will they fight each other, or will they fight? For their heritage. From G.P. Putnam Sons Publishing, December 2020, 352 pages. Sounds really interesting. It does. The whole Food Wars thing really got me because we're so big on that type of shit. Yeah, it's like a Romeo Romeo. and Juliet with Food Wars type thing. I suppose, kind of, I guess. Everything goes back to Shakespeare. It does. uh, It does. Everything does. I it's a a new take on kind of a 
old story theme. Yes. Yeah. The, and the, I, the I would feuding, like to read the it. feuding families, the uh, the one child or the one family member from one family going to the other family, and then the another family member who's down on their luck comes back to kind of reclaim their glory. It's a uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's a story that's been told a lot, but this this is definitely a, an original spin on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice take on it, and I, I would really enjoy reading. Yeah, it. it look it looks fun. So our nonfiction is, I rarely pick books for me. Mostly, I pick books something I think you would like. This one I think is more for me. The Elusive Shift, How Role-Playing Games Forge Their Identity by John Peterson. Now, when Dungeons & Dragons made its debut in mid-1970s, followed shortly there, thereafter by others, similar tabletop games, it sparked a, re a renaissance in game design and critical thinking about games. D&D &D is now popular D&D is now popularly considered to be the first role-playing game, but in the original rules, the term role-playing is nowhere to be found. D&D was marketed as a war game. In The Elusive Shift, John Peterson describes how players and scholars in the D&D community began to apply the term to D&D and similar games, and by doing so, establishing a new genre of games. Peterson examines Key's essays by D&D early adopters, rescuing from obscurity many first published in now defunct fanzines, which is apparently a fan-made magazine. He traces the evolution of D&D, theorizing as writers attempted to frame problems, define terms, and engage with prior literature. He describes the two cultures of war games and science fiction fandom that provided D&D's first players examines the dialogue at the core of the game, explains how game design began to accommodate role-playing, and considers the purpose of the referee, or game master, or for D&D, the dungeon master. Uh, by 1977, game scholars and critics began to theorize more systematically, and Peterson explores their discussions of transformation, transformative nature of role-playing games, their responsibility to a mass audience, and other topics. Peterson finds that the foundational concepts defined in the 1970s help theorize role-playing, laying the foundation for the genre shift into maturity in the 1980s. From MIT Press, December 2020, 336 pages. I should definitely buy that for it's, you. I think that's pretty neat. How Kind of how, how role-playing games came to be. Yeah, and I think that would include LARPing as well. Maybe. I'm just now starting to really get into D&D. &D. Again, I'll have more. I'll have a uh, announcement. Probably, it's looking like probably February. Uh, just because everything's got to get set up. But probably about February I'll have an announcement. It has to do with D&D. &D. But I'm starting to get into D&D. &D. Uh, I, I wanted to get the kids into it. We play a lot of one-shot role-playing games. And you got to think without D&D... &D, uh, and everybody in the 70s kind of setting it up and the 80s setting it up to how it's supposed to be. Most of those one-shots wouldn't be there. We had a lot of fun with that. We have a lot of fun with uh, Fate. She's going to sneeze. Here comes Pineapple. Pineapple. I hear. Did it go away? No, she's just going to let it fly when I'm talking. Um, but like Fate and all that stuff. We have a fun time playing that. So, yeah, this would be a 
and I I like how like my my kids do a lot of LARPing. I mean, it it doesn't seem like it, but it is LARPing when they go on their adventures in the backyard and they like my my middle son will build bow and arrows with sticks and stuff yeah. and uh they they find big sticks and they play sword fighting and stuff. That's LARPing and yeah. I love that they do that. So, yeah, something we can all You've played uh, a one shot with us, yes, before, and you had fun. You were really getting into it. You were you were screaming about shit. You got into it pretty good. Well, yeah, and I I kind of helped the kids along too because some of them yeah, were... some of them weren't. It, it's one of those when you're doing that type of stuff with with younger kids, you kind of got to help them out. Yes, you know, it it took them ten minutes to realize they could throw the chickens at the wall and blow the wall up. It, it's it's about it's about it was bear. more than 10 minutes it's well no it, it took more than 10 minutes for a lot of other for them to even figure out how to get out of the vault we played a game um where you play bears with hats and you got to go to honey con and get this honey and, and save the con and all this shit and it, it's a lot of fun look it up um but yeah it had exploding chickens and it had a giant vat of honey with the uh, uh, pressure sensitive wall no no um a laser grid or something like that inside the vault where the honey was being... It was a big thing, and we had... Stephanie was screaming by the end of it because she was so into it. So it was fun. We had fun. Yes, and the kids were driving me nuts because they were <laughs> like, use your common sense! Use your common sense! Come on! And some kids don't have that much common sense. Some kids don't. Well, speaking of kids, let's get to our kids' book. And this is something... Uh, I also think, I mean, it's for a little bit younger, but I also think all the kids would probably like as well, because of what it has to do with Coding Concepts for Kids, Learn to Code Without a Computer by Randy Lynn. Oh, yeah, I think, I think a couple of them would like that. Coding helps kids develop analytical thinking, problem-solving abilities, and beyond. In this exciting guide to coding for kids, your child will discover the core concepts of coding through colorful games and activities without using a computer. These fun challenges can be done right inside the book or with everyday objects to help kids practice the same skills coders use, like writing clear instructions, recognizing patterns, and working efficiently. There's even a place for your beginner to invent their own codes. Now, the code book features coding fundamentals, uh, practice algorithms, loops, conditionals, optimization, debugging, and variables with games that help kids think like a computer programmer. Uh, you meet the coder crew and explore coding for kids with the whole cast of characters, including, uh, I can't tell if it's Al or I'm guessing it's Al, not AI. Al the helper, Pixel the creative expert, Lo the problem solver, Bug the pattern spotter, and their robot dog, Spot the Bot. Uh, one and off the, on and off the page sharpens skills with fun on the page puzzles and off the page activities that give kids a chance to practice in different ways. Set your little ones up for success with coding for kids that only requires a pencil, paper, and their imagination. From Rockridge Press, it is in bookstores now. If you want one last little gift to go grab them, eighty-six pages says five to seven, but I imagine kids. Maybe a little younger than that and a little bit older than that would probably still get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, depending on their maturity level. Yeah, and how how much they are into computers, which most kids are pretty into computers these days. So, And our YA novel, The Fire Escape, 
by Kelsey Woods. The summer before junior year starts, Danielle feels everything is out of place. With her best friend inching away towards a new crowd and continuously putting Danny in uncomfortable situations, Danny tries to keep up for Danny tries to keep up for the sake of their relationship, but things take an unexpected turn when a vicious rumor sends her summer in an unanticipated direction. With no one else in her corner, Danny finds herself alone, and with even bigger problems lying ahead, she doesn't know how to cope. Then she meets mysterious Carter, an unexpected ally with a lot of baggage. Soon she finds herself thrown into a chaotic summer with new adventures, unhealed wounds, and an uncomfortable ride to self-realization. From Barnes & Noble Press, it is also in bookstores now. Only 152 pages, so it's so if you like have somebody in your life that uh, likes YA novels, but isn't, isn't a gigantic reader like smaller books, 152 pages is right down their alley. Yep, sounds like a quick read. Yeah. And, I mean, it seemed interesting. Yeah, kind of does. But, you know, high school students. Yeah, yeah, this isn't this isn't something like like you who reads these fucking thousand page epics is going to sit down with all, you know, the magic and the monsters and all that shit. But a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah. Who uh won't burn through a fucking novel in a night, take their time and and, you know, absorb the book. This is probably like down their alley. This is something that uh, I would be able to read. And I'd have it read in like a half an hour. I don't know, a half an hour. I, I could have that read in half an I hour. I guess it depends on how packed the pages are with words. Could be 152 pages, could be a lot of words, depending on... As you look at the Game of Thrones books, they're not very big, but they are packed full of words. There's no margins, there's no barely any spaces... Your eyes just kind of, all the letters just kind of blend together because they're so small on the fucking page, so. But I'm a speed reader. Okay. 152 pages is nothing. Yeah. All right, well. If you say so. Okay. Okay. I, I found this one on Barnes and, I think Barnes and Noble Press It said that she was an independent author, um... So she published just with Barnes and Noble. Yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere else. Oh, that's really cool. There was a, there's been a couple of them that I found have published with just Barnes and Noble or mostly just Barnes and Noble. I don't know if just if Books a Million has done any type of publishing, but the only place I could really find this was on Barnes and Noble. Um, so that's where I got all my stuff from. But I mean, if if you're able to publish with a place like that, then fuck, do it. Yeah, that's really neat. I I need to look into. I mean. Because it seems like they'd be, they'd have their shit together a little bit more than publishing with Amazon. I only have like two or three chapters of my book <laughs> written, <laughs> and I have the the ending in my mind, and it hasn't changed. But I just haven't gone back to write anymore in just like years. Start at the ending and work backwards. There's an old. That's not how I work. There's an though. old Simpsons episode where um, Lisa's looking for a dog, and. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how it goes, but she asked the guy who's selling the dogs, um, is this dog smart? He's like, yay, uh, writes horror novels. Like, 
Or no, he writes uh, he writes mystery novels. How does he write mystery novels? Hey, he starts at the end and works his way backwards. <laughs> Which is just an amazing joke. I'm sorry. But I, I remember that episode. It's great. A lot of people write like that, but I'm I'm kind of weird. I, I want I know. to know. I I have you know I have this notebook that's dedicated to uh, just the book in general. I have each character planned out, what each character looks like. Um, I have notes on each character. I have drawings on how like certain rooms look like, uh, different outfits, you know, different things. I have it kind of mapped out and everything, mm-hmm. and then I get writers. It's block. like storyboarding. Yeah. In your head. Yeah. Well, you got the notebook, so yeah, yeah it's I like do. Story, it's like storyboarding. And then when I when I get some ideas, then I go back to the notebook and kind of jot them down. Yeah, a lot of people do it that way too. Yeah, I know, but then I I like I'll I'll type for a day, and I'll get ten thousand words typed out, and then nothing for months. That's how a lot of people work too. <laughs> the the ending and the beginning are usually. The easy part, it's everything that happens in the middle. And that's where I'm stuck. But I haven't written out the ending yet. I just, I know what it's going to be. It was was Douglas Adams that we had talked about. He he knew how he wanted the stuff to ending. He wanted him to end. It was just getting, it was just putting the first sentence on the fucking page that drove him crazy. And once he was able to do that, he was able to, to flow. But it was getting that first fucking sentence down. Because... That first sentence, when all you have is one sentence down, that's the entire story up to that point. So he wanted it to be the a good sentence because that's the whole story. Most of the advice that I've gotten from author friends is just sit and type and let come what comes. And then you can, you know, adjust and move shit. Yeah, you but go I back don't... and you edit yourself. I don't like doing that. I edit as I go along. That's how I write my essays for school, too. And I've always gotten really great grades on essays because that's how I work. But writing a book is not an essay, and I keep yeah, having to... Yeah, it's two completely different things. I know, but I, that's how I write, and I can't change that, and I have to get myself out of that mindset, and that's why I've been in a writer's block for years. Well, we're going to, um, like, as we always do, Send messages to everybody that all the the, the uh, authors that we've talked about, maybe one of them, Kelsey Woods, she's you know getting her name out there. I mean, with Barnes and Noble, it's pretty big. Uh, maybe she'll get back to you and, and give you some advice to tell you, you know, smack you around and tell you <laughs> stop trying to write it like it's a fucking essay. It's a goddamn book. I know, I know, I know. All right, well, we have shit to do. You have shit to do. So let's end this fucking thing and. Uh, uh, Rap presence for the rest of the night, I guess. Stephanie, our socials. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at OpenAFINGBook, and I am at ECJBAT. And YoungETAM6 on Twitter, YoungETAM on Instagram. You can email us, OpenAFingBook at gmail.com. If there's any books that you would like us to cover, any authors you'd like for us to cover, um, I got a long list of authors we're going to be getting to. We're going to be taking a break here not too long. Um, and then we'll get back to a lot more authors. But if there's anybody that we haven't covered yet that you would like for us to, just send us an email, and we'll if we don't already have their name in the list, we'll 
sneak it in there somewhere. Stephanie or Goodreads that maybe we can get <laughs> updated while we're taking a <laughs> that break. That we promised to do two weeks ago well, and we the promised week to before. Do it and months. the week before. We've been doing it for months. <laughs> Goodreads.com slash OpenAFING book. We pl- have plenty of Patreon stickers left. Uh, all your donations go to make this show best it can be. Patreon.com slash OpenAFING book. Uh, come back for our Monday show. It's the end of our Charles Dickens show. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that we don't wait till Monday that after it's done recording and I get the whole thing edited, I'm going to just go ahead and post it so everybody can get a little early. Okay. I think I might do that. So you might not have to wait till Monday, uh, Friday night maybe, Saturday morning, something like that. It should hopefully be up, and uh, you can listen to it over the weekend, or you can wait till Monday to listen. I really don't fucking care what you do with your life, but you know, mm. I'll have it up when I have it up. Uh, rate and review us wherever you listen. It helps us a lot. It gets us seen by spotify and apple and i'm still trying to get us on audible i know we're on amazon still trying to get us on audible it's a little bit more labor intensive process to get noticed by then kind of you know use your thumbs a little bit i know i know conan like just got on there so if conan just got on there we should obviously be like next Uh, Go to your local (laughs) library volunteer if they let you. Go to your local independent bookstore and buy a book from a local independent author. It's the best thing you can do right now to help them out. Give them a little extra cash for their Support those indie authors. That's right. Uh, Go where you're listening at right now. Just go go down underneath all that. Keep scrolling. Keeps right there. Uh, You can see all the show notes. Those are all the authors we've talked about today and their books. Click on them, go look at their Twitters or their Instagrams or their Facebooks or whatever the fuck they had that I ended up putting on there because I haven't done it yet. And uh, click on the book name and pre-order or buy the book. Do the people a solid. So this will be the last Cliff Notes of 2020. We will be back with a new Cliff Notes first week, 2021. So we will not be putting out an episode next week. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed all the books that we've suggested to you and uh, maybe gotten a hold of some authors. Uh, we've gotten a hold of some authors. Some authors have gotten back a hold of us. It's been a very exciting time for us. It has. And I, I want to wish everyone happy holidays and happy solstice time. Happy Yuletide. It's a festivus for the rest of us. Yes. First, you have to air your grievances, and you have to give a show of strength, which I cannot do because I blew my knee out like five minutes before we came out here. So, because, you know, age. Uh, Babe, I believe that is it for the weekend Cliff Notes weekday. I I did what you... you, I don't say weekend. Yeah, you did. You used to say weekend Cliff Notes. No. Say weekday cliff notes. That's not no, because that's the name of the show. You didn't call it weekday cliff notes. You called it weekend cliff notes. No, I never said weekend. I know you fucked up the name. I'll listen to some of the back episodes, and I know you fucked up the name a couple. I did times. fuck up the name, but I never said weekend. But the name of the show is weekday cliff notes. So you saying weekday cliff notes isn't fucking midweek. I'd say midweek. That's right. Week. You said midweek cliff notes. Not weekend. And then I made fun of you for it. Yes. And now I fucked it up. Yeah. And you said I said the wrong thing. I did. So fuck you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's it for our weekday Cliff Notes for 2020. Uh, 
take care of yourselves, take care of one another. Between now and the time we get to talk to you again, do yourself a favor. Go open a fucking book. All right, we'll see. And have some hot cocoa. Ooh, eggnog! Ho, 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 ho.